Clinical Issues by Amber Wood Using Personal Continuous Positive Airway Pressure Devices in the Perioperative Setting Question Can patients bring their continuous positive airway pressure devices and accessories from home? Answer An interdisciplinary team at the healthcare organization should determine whether the use of home equipment, such as continuous positive airway pressure, CPAP, devices, will be allowed and then develop policies and procedures for their use. Personnel should inspect all electrical equipment, including equipment brought into the facility from home, for damage before each use. When home equipment is permitted, the interdisciplinary team should establish a process for biomedical engineering personnel to evaluate the electrical safety of the home equipment before use, which may require evaluation before the biomedical engineering team's normal operating hours for early morning procedures. Because of challenges with timing, the team may consider developing a process to have the equipment checked before the day of surgery. The patient should receive instructions preoperatively to bring his or her home CPAP equipment and accessories with them on the day of surgery. The patient also should be instructed to clean the equipment according to the manufacturer's instructions for use before bringing it to the facility. Using dirty CPAP equipment may increase the patient's risk for developing an infection. Patients who have obstructive sleep apnea, OSA, may already be at an increased risk for being hospitalized with pneumonia because of their increased risk for respiratory complications after surgery. Using clean equipment can lessen the risk for infection. Home equipment can pose a concern for cross-contamination of environmental surfaces in the healthcare environment. According to the AORN, Guideline for Environmental Cleaning, equipment should be cleaned and disinfected before it is brought into the semi-restricted area. When developing policies and procedures, team members should consult with an infection preventionist to determine best practices. For example, personnel may clean and disinfect the outer surfaces of the CPAP equipment and then contain the tubing and mask in a clean bag to minimize the risk for contamination of environmental surfaces. When the patient brings equipment from home, there should be a process for labeling the equipment with the patient's information in a manner that is compliant with the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, communicating that the home CPAP equipment is available to the post-anesthesia team, and transporting the equipment with the patient or taking it directly to the post-anesthesia recovery area. Preoperatively, the patient should inform the perioperative team of his or her personalized CPAP settings. The team members should record and communicate this information to the post-anesthesia care team. However, the post-anesthesia team may need to adjust these settings to account for perioperative changes. For example, facial swelling, upper airway edema, fluid shifts, pharmacotherapy, respiratory function. Personnel should be provided with education on how to use the equipment, have access to the manufacturer's instructions for use, and have a verified competency on the use of CPAP equipment. The perioperative educator may consider developing a list of the most common home equipment that patients bring to the facility and provide accompanying manufacturer's instructions for use. Regardless of whether patients are allowed to bring their home CPAP equipment, 
the team should consider having CPAP equipment available for perioperative use. In the event that the patient does not bring his or her home CPAP device, or the equipment is not suitable for safe use, there should be CPAP equipment available if the patient requires positive pressure ventilation postoperatively. In a retrospective study at a freestanding ambulatory surgery facility, researchers evaluated the short-term outcomes and safety of patients who underwent surgical procedures for cancer and were identified as at-risk for OSA. The facility's policy allowed use of home CPAP equipment and outlined the processes for managing the equipment as follows. 1. Patients who were diagnosed with OSA and owned a home CPAP device were encouraged to bring their devices with them on the day of surgery. 2. Biomedical Engineering Department personnel examined the device for electrical integrity. 3. Patients were encouraged to use their own machines postoperatively. And 4. If the patient's device was not approved or the patient did not bring the device, personnel at the facility provided the patient with a CPAP device. The researchers noted that 60% of patients who were diagnosed with OSA and owned a home device used their home CPAP or facility-provided device postoperatively, regardless of the occurrence of postoperative respiratory events. For example, repeated desaturations to less than 90% oxygen saturation as measured by pulse oximetry in an unstimulated environment. Obstruction, for example, apnea snoring, lasting 20 seconds.